Uh, hold on. It's, uh, it starts with an L. Wonderlust. Yeah. Wonderlust. Yeah. It starts, it starts with, with an L. L. Yeah. yeah. I guess I, I guess <laughs> in my head it was just lust. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction. This is the one where we review the summer blockbuster, the much-anticipated sequel to the surprise hit, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. In this one, the Guardians must fight to keep their newfound family together as they unravel the mystery of Peter Quill's true parentage. As always, I am Brain Rabar, along with my co-hosts Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. Let's check out that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer. Ready. It'll be here any minute. Is that a rifle? You don't know what a rifle looks like? It's just swords were your thing and guns were mine. But I guess we're both doing guns now. I just didn't know that. Well, that's intense. I see it within you. Fear. Jealousy. Betrayal. It is our duty to cleanse the universe of this weakness. You know, they told me you people were conceited douchebags, but that isn't true at all. Dude. Uh, I'm using my wrong eye. Drew, put your seatbelt on. So we're saving the galaxy again? Yep. Gonna be able to jack up our prices for two-time galaxy savers. Yes! Thank you, Jacob. So, Guardians Two. I think all of us were really excited about this movie. All of us loved the first Guardians. The whole cast and crew are back. Let's just go through real quickly. What did you guys think of Guardians Two, Jacob? Well, wait a sec. Shouldn't we talk a little bit about the first one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Why well, did they well, really like yeah. that much? You see, it was it was my it is my favorite Marvel movie. Like period. Yeah, like that's when we do our we we did our top you know five that's list, right. and that was my number one. That's right. I was fascinated with it. I think it's because it's the sci-fi element. Plus, you throw in some really colorful uh, elements, uh, good directing, fun characters, great casting. Obviously, I just I just was wowed by it. I loved it. Thought the soundtrack was great. I mean, it just did no wrong for me, and I it was my number one movie that year. So that was just my opinion of the first. Rachel? I definitely liked it a lot. I wouldn't say that I loved it, but I think that it was really good, and it was... Um, I think it's really hard to start a franchise off, a virtually unknown franchise off, and do it that well. Maybe that played in their favor. Maybe it didn't, but they had a great cast. The script was really strong. I liked the first one quite a bit. Yeah, I think it definitely played in their favor because nobody knew what to expect from it, and it was so different from yeah. every other superhero movie before that. Um, you know, because it was a predecessor to Deadpool, um, and it was pretty much a straight-up com. I mean, yes, it was an action movie, it was a superhero movie, but those two movies in particular stand out as superhero comedies, really, more than anything else. And I think that uh, it was just more fresh and original than anything we'd seen. We kind of, I think, it came at a time where people, even though they're still making millions upon millions at the box office, uh, people were getting a little. There's a little bit of fatigue setting in with superhero movies. Oh, yeah. And Guardians kind of rustled that up a little bit. And, I mean, it was just a really funny movie with a great cast. And, 
Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I'll say I loved it. Uh, maybe not quite as much as as Jacob did, obviously, but it, I liked it a lot. <laughs> maybe I did. I'm yeah. somewhere in between you two, I think. Uh, I liked it more than Rachel did, but not as much as Jacob did. I like how we gauge that. <laughs> Rachel's like, I really liked it. You're like, well, I liked it a lot. A little more <laughs> that's better than really. <laughs> I think that's a little bit more. <laughs> no, I will say going you know, from one to two, the thing is, I had zero expectations for Guardians 1, and of course, I l- liked it a lot. I almost said loved, caught myself. But then, <laughs> So you know, my expectations for Guardians 2, of course, were really high. I personally liked it, but I was a little disappointed, and that was probably, again, a matter of expectations because I liked the first one so much. This one sort of disappointed me while I still enjoyed it a heck of a lot. Yeah, well, I mean... it. Which is almost always the case with the sequel. Right. I mean, honestly, for me, it, it kept my expectations. <clears throat> it was one of my top anticipated movies this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's not as good as the first, but I saw it twice in the theater. Mm-hmm. And um, the second time, I wanted to go see it in IMAX in 3D because it is so colorful. You know, it's so colorful, which I appreciate so much. You don't see that very much. Like, I just got through seeing Alien tonight, for instance. And it's so dark, so drab. Yeah. You know, the Superman movies, which is always an easy target. So dark, so drab. Um, the Avengers can be pretty colorful. They're not. They're pretty yeah. good about that. But this was just. You know who started that terrible trend, don't you? Zach. The, who? The Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, but but that's not its fault. It's everyone else's fault who no, followed I agree. that. I agree with that, actually. Yeah, I, mean, I might, agree with that. You might be right, though. But, yeah. but for this, I just wanted to see what it was like in 3D. And look, on second viewing, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was really good the first time. I loved it the second. Really, time. I so thought it was great. Well, maybe I need to see I, it. I just again liked then. it. I just liked it so much more, uh, and um, I appreciated the the story. How you know it's so it's so out there. Yeah, and you really got to kind of sell, you know, the elements that they bring to the table in this one. Um, once again, I didn't watch the trailer. The only thing I really knew about it, that Kurt Russell was going to be in it. Um, that's not a spoiler because he's in the trailer. Right. And it's pretty right out the gate. Um, uh, we do spoil, by the way, here in Pulp yeah. Fiction. Yeah. So that just happened not to be one. That just happened to not be yeah. one. That's right. That's your that's your chance yeah. to turn it off and come back. <laughs> but anyway, um, but when they kind of introduce those planet elements, which is a thing that happens in those comic books, it you is. Know, they get really out there with the Silver Surfer, yeah, and Thanos, and again the Infinity uh, the Infinity Gems, yeah. Uh, I got all that Thor stuff. Yeah, I got to be honest. That is where it lost me a little bit. Where it got into more of the, kind of Kurt Russell's diabolical plan and mm-hmm. set up in kind of the crux of the whole movie. The fact that he's a brain, a brain, and that kind of an element. Yeah, instead of an actual human being. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that whole thing. I was just like, eh, weird. It is weird. It's very it, weird. But I, I like that it's different, and they try. It is different, and I think they pulled it off with again the casting. The directing, the colors, the music. Oh, the music was great. Characters like Groot, you you know, something so simple, but it's just so childish and fun. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Rachel? I definitely, I weirdly agree with everything Jacob said, but I still have an issue with it being pretty touchy-feely. At some point near the middle of the movie, I felt like about every five minutes we could... Uh, expect a emotional climax for a character. And I was like, oh, now we're having this. Oh, we're ha-. like, it felt very like there's too many heartwarming moments right in a row. Um, and that kind of irked me. But other than that, I agree with everything that you said. I really enjoyed it. I never 
was like, oh man, this is a drag. But I just felt like how many more emotional scenes can we have back to back? It felt a little bit forced to me. But so many movies forget to bring emotional elements to it. They forget to add love stories these days and forget to... You know, you can tell James Gunn's really trying to get some camaraderie going with these guys. And right. It is a bit forced. I'll give you that. But at the same time, I appreciate that more than just boring characters like what they had in Rogue One. You know? No, I definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah you're right, though. They did. Uh, I think you're both right. Uh, so I'm, again, kind of in the middle of the two. <laughs> I, I do think. Interesting. I, 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 I like that they <laughs> did it. And, and you're right that we don't see enough of that. But especially with this cast of characters, you know, because they're kind of cynical and kind of, you know, they start off as selfish. So I do think that they want to draw in a little, you know, show the closeness and the friendship and the relationship. Uh, so I think that they wanted to add those emotional elements. But I think because you, there's only so much you can do before you kind of like, come on, is Rocket Raccoon and and – Merle from The Walking Dead going to have all... The, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it did happen a lot. Right. And, and from like characters that... It was like Star-Lord and you, his dad, and then it was Star-Lord and Gamora, and then right. it was like, yeah. Rocket uh, Raccoon Rocket and, and Merle. And Merle. Like, <laughs> I like that. I thought that was good. I thought it was I, good I, writing, too. Like it, it kept it going story-wise as opposed to action-wise, because there was a lot of dialogue in this movie, if you think about there it. There is. There is, there is, and and uh, I, let me get to some of the things I liked. I thought Batista Drax was hilarious. I mean, he was already funny in part one, uh, but I thought he was the funniest character yeah, in this that, one. That turd uh, line was good. The which one? <laughs> the turd line. Uh, the turd line was hilarious. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, but I, I, you know, Star Lord and and Rocket Raccoon were probably my favorites in the first one, and then this one, Drax was probably my favorite. Baby Groot, of course, was adorable. Uh, and everybody's talking about Baby Groot. I, I've. This is the best thing I'll say about. It. I'm not at all tired of these characters, and I want to see more from them. And in this day and age of superhero movies, where we've kind of seen it all, and kind of tired of of all the reboots and all those things, uh, it's kind of nice to have characters that you want to see more of. So that's the best thing I can say about it is that I'm not tired of these characters. Uh, what was your favorite thing as somebody who really loved this? This one, what was your favorite thing about it? Uh, out the gate, uh, I think the intro was awesome with the ELO yes. uh, intro and kind of group like it's a you know a steady cam type shot, even though most of it was you know digital. Yeah. Still, it just kind of followed around, grew around while they were taking on this giant monster, and you know everyone's interaction. It kind of shows like you know they're all working as a team, but it still so just focuses on Groot. That was a pretty cool shot. Yeah. Just a fun. That was way fun. to start the movie. I it was just kind of set the tone. Yeah, what you're going to get yourself into. Yeah, that um, was that was awesome. Oh, little music snob trivia for Rachel. See if she can pass it. What does the ELO stand for? Electric Light Orchestra. Well, nah. okay. Well done. Boom. Well done. Thank Nicely you. Nicely done. Thank I didn't you. know if you get it. So, what was your favorite part about the movie? Are you not very good with music? No, she is. Oh. But it's weird because she's a radio she DJ. She does host a, re- a radio show. <laughs> yeah. <on Saturday. laughs> Trying to ruin my reputation. <laughs> she is, and that's why I give her a hard time when she doesn't know things. Like, one time Van Halen's jump was on, and she didn't know who sang it. And I just lost 
Here's the deal. I just lost it. Like, I knew, oh but I did. Yeah. I know all the words to the song. She knew all the yes. words. Yeah, because there's only she, one one word in the song. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. No, might as well <laughs> yeah. jump. Yeah. Okay, yeah, four words. Uh, uh, song so but, obnoxious. Anyway. Yeah, it is. But yeah, she could sing a bit. So every once I'm in a while, I'm not great with artists all yeah. the time. Okay, so yeah, they sing. <laughs> what was my favorite part? Yeah. <laughs> I really like the casting of Kurt Russell as Chris Pratt's yes. dad. Yes. Like, that seems like such a good... I want to see them in more movies. I think they're great together. They are great together. Well, because they're great individually, and they're great together. They both they're have kind of, like, that laid-back, chill dude, funny, yes. charming, kind of a jackass thing going on to yeah, them. Yeah, totally. So I thought that was a great casting yeah, for his dad. It was. I, and I just really like seeing Kurt Russell and stuff. Yeah, and now I will say uh, I, I completely agree with that. I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan, and I loved him in this. Uh, and it was interesting to see him kind of turn into the bad guy. That was weird. Did, did I don't you, know. Did how you I... know he was going to be a guy? Did both of you know he was going to end up being the bad guy? When we're still 30 minutes in, and there's been no bad guy introduced, I just assumed it was him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Uh, so. But he doesn't usually play that role, so it was kind of fun to see him yeah. in yeah. the villain role. Uh, but I love seeing Kurt Russell in anything. Uh, my favorite part, I would probably say, was I, I said it earlier. I just thought that Drax was so freaking funny in this movie. And I don't know if it was just the mood I was in, but like everything he said I thought was hilarious. To me, he was the funniest character in this movie. Yeah. You feel love. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No, sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs> See, you just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me. Do me. Do me. Uh, and I did. I thought it was interesting that they took the Michael Rooker character. And I'm curious on Jacob's take on this because you like the emotional stuff in this one. You know, he was a straight up villain in part one. Um, no, he wouldn't. You don't think so? No. I mean, I mean, I know that we saw some humanity. Kind of, I yes. get that. Yeah. We, we saw some humanity in him, but I thought it was such a such an odd. Here, here's what I want to say. Uh, I was fine with him, you know, kind of doing the complete full circle and wanting to take care of Star Lord and and kind of take him under his wing. But I thought that Star Lord's reaction to his death was kind of over the top. Like, oh my gosh, he is the best father ever, and I didn't realize <laughs> it. Like, like that was a little odd to me that he was like. You he hated was still pretty this dude. terrible to him. Yeah, he was still pretty bad to him. I don't know that that was my. So I wanted to say I liked how they took his character and and really turned him into a hero. And he got a great, great hero's death. Yeah, but I did think that it was kind of odd to see that sort of reaction from Star Lord to him. Right? And was I wrong? I don't. I don't know. I it, it didn't bother me. Okay. I, I think a lot of it too is that. Um, Michael Rooker's character can't think of his his name. Neither can I. Um, it's he's in he's one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy uh, characters. Oh, have you along, gone back and like learned the histories? A little bit okay, of it. Yeah, I have it. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, uh, I did like the Sylvester Stallone yeah, character. Right. Cool. You had like a Ving Rhames and um, oh, what's her name? Michelle um, Rodriguez. No, <laughs> she's from uh, she's from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. They're all characters from another yes. group of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. So, you know, I I kind of knew that. But no, I mean, I, I think it's just because Michael Rooker was 
kind of funny in the first one too. He had was. a sense of humor that I didn't feel like he was a full on villain like Ronan was. Right. Yeah. I you guess, know. Yeah. And you know, at the end of at the end of that movie, where it's kind of smiling, looking at the um, the troll doll, it's like oh, yeah. it's kind of a game between them. You know. Yeah. So that's there's true. something more there, and and they really developed. You know, I know that Rachel said that they there was a lot of emotions going on, but I think they did a good job developing. You know, furthering these characters. Uh, I really like what they're doing with Chris Pratt and Zoe. Uh, Zoe um, Saldana. Saldana, thank you. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of fun to see that. Like, it does follow uh, Empire Strikes Back a, a little bit in those lines. Oh, uh, there, there yeah. Is a of this going no, on. No, so it's so really a Han loves, Solo, loves Princess story. Leia thing exactly. going on. It exactly. is. So we should see. Well, yeah. I, did, I never put that together, but you're exactly right. Yeah, we're going to see Ewoks in the third yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, record, I don't have a problem with the emotional stuff. I felt like they pushed it all together where it all happened over the span of like 40 minutes or so. And they pushed them all into one true. section. Well, so it felt very heavy handed. Now, I do think what they did was important to advance the roles and things. Like, I thought that was it was smart how they did it. I just thought it was so close together that after the third emotional thing that we had... With maybe like two minutes of action in between, I was like, somebody else is having a life-changing, like emotional moment right now. We're well, doing this again. I actually thought that they did it the whole movie, but they were really bad about like in the middle of an emotional moment, like just cracking some line, yeah, or throwing in some of their their seventies music. All yeah, of a sudden. Right. like I want to say it threw me. It took me out of the moment because I was kind of point. into it. It's like they don't trust their audience to just go with the emotional part. Like, oh, right. we need to break this up with a joke yep. or we need to break this up with a song. Yep. That's a good point. That's a good point. The last thing I'll say about the Michael Rooker thing. I did think Yondu, that his... by the way. His name is Yondu. Good job. Uh, the last thing I'll say about Yondu, I like the send off that they gave him from his like, you know, his clan, whatever they're called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that send off and his redemption story. And as funny as I thought Drax was and the other characters were, I do think that he had the him and Chris Pratt had the best moment of the entire movie. The whole Mary Poppins thing I thought was <laughs> freaking hilarious. Was he looked like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? <laughs> Hell yeah, he is. I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> that was the best. I lost it. Head. I'm Mary Poppins. Yeah, that was a good hard laugh. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, um, I enjoyed the movie. I just, again, like, I can't go back. I want to go back to the 3D thing. If you haven't seen it in 3D, I normally don't uh, pitch 3D movies. But That's I true. sat with it just inside my peripheral. And mm. it was awesome. It was I bet so it would good be. 3D. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are times like I was like dodging out of the way for st- for things, you know. I mean, it was just pretty cool to see. And if you still have the opportunity to go see it in the theaters, go check it out. I might, sure. I might go see it again then. Um, Chris Pratt, you know, this is a guy that we've kind of been off and on with in his movies in the last couple of years. You know, yes, he had his role on Parks and Recreation. But I don't know if everyone knew him at that point. Right. Um, I think this was, you know, the first one was his breakout role. And he's yeah, been for sure. hot ever since then. Oh, yeah. He's huge. But none of us were a fan, really, of him in, in The Magnificent Seven. I thought he was kind of plain in Jurassic World. He was completely underutilized in yeah, Jurassic World. Yeah. Anybody and, could have played well, the script part. Well, the script just wasn't. But yeah. he was really good here, again. I yeah, mean, he was. And it's just no, it's nothing different. It just, this character works he is I mean, Star Lord. It's so it's so similar to just who Chris Pratt is. Well, that you know, one thing about this that's different than those other movies is that he shows more emotion. Like one thing about Chris Pratt, you can tell he's probably like a sweet guy. Yeah, Seems like a nice guy, and 
and you know he, he is good at cocky funny which what they are using for in all of his movies right but in the other movies he's he's just cocky whereas this one you 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 have a little bit more of a tie to his character you know, I yeah. like, like I said, again, that's where I kind of go back to the... Uh, I agree with that. The, and I credit... The Gamora thing. I credit some of that to the writing. Oh, for I sure. mean, the writing's just so much better for this than it is yeah, a lot of his other blockbuster movies he's been in. And we didn't mention this, but like James Gunn is also wrote this movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, he wrote the first one too, along with directed it. And he's pretty awesome. Yeah, he is really, really, really good. He's doing well. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what he, what he does, what he'll do going forward. Well, and this is the kind of movie that it could have been a complete bomb. You're taking characters that nobody knows a huge budget. And I mean, you're relying on CGI characters and, and real life characters, but I mean, a different script, different direction. Maybe nobody right now is talking about gardens of galaxy too. Cause it wasn't made because right. the first one was a bomb. Yeah. So a lot of credit to James Gunn for, Pulling off a double whammy of writing and mm-hmm. directing these things. First you flick this switch, then this switch. That activates it. Then you push this button, which will give you five minutes to get out of there. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I am Groot. Uh-huh. I am Groot. That's right. I am Groot. No! Now that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. Hmm. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. No, that's exactly what you just said. How is that even possible? Which button is the button you're supposed to push? Point to it. No! There's a lot of directors out there right now who were started off very small scale, and I'm just so excited. It's like a new wave of seems like really good directors like Ryan Johnson, James Gunn. I mean, obviously there's J.J. Uh, Abrams in there. Right. Oh, and Homeboy that did Whiplash and La La Land. Matthew Vaughn. Oh, yeah. So Matthew Vaughn also has a pretty solid resume as well. Yeah. Um, you know, with Kick-Ass, uh, X-Men First Class. Yeah. So, like, I just, uh, I'm kind of excited to see these guys take on these movies and they're doing some of the big ones. They're doing the star Wars, doing some of these Marvel movies, uh, the guys who do like the winter soldier, those, and they're going to be doing the, uh, they did civil war, the brothers. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's been a good run of directors. I think this last couple of years with these action, action movies. It has been anything else we want to say about gardens of the galaxy volume two that hasn't been said. I heard that people are saying there's too much music in this one. What do you think? No, I think that's part of what, made guardians of the galaxy the first one so beloved i mean it was the soundtrack and what i thought was cool about this one personally in the first one and maybe this is just my own personal taste i thought the first one there was a lot more well-known songs like mostly all the tracks they played i knew and this one is kind of like they went deeper into the like almost like b-sides or lesser known hits and things like that uh besides brandy i mean that's well known that was the one song i was ugh yeah, I've never been big on Brandy. No, I just and, heard it too many And of course, times. They, they were so significant in this. They played it a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, but Fleetwood Mac song, and then, of course, obviously, the father-son. Yeah, was the uh, James Taylor song. No. Was it? no, 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 it wasn't no. James Taylor. <laughs> Who did it? I can't think of his name. I can't either. Because he, well, he changed it. It's um, crap. That's not it. <laughs> What's his stupid... Uh, anyway, well, we'll come back yeah, to we'll that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, well, okay, so now we have uh, Guardians out of the way. Next is going to be coming Thor Ragnarok, which I'm pretty stoked about. And Rachel's obsessed with, with it. With 
Well, I'm Taku, obsessed with Taika Waititi. Taika? Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. She's never been this excited about a superhero movie that before. That is correct. Well, I can yeah. say that he is embracing James Gunn's world of color and yeah. characters. And comedy. I hope, Well, he already kind of had that like knit. And he's in yeah. it. Did you hear that he's in it? No. Yep. Big role, cameo? Uh, it's a character that, like, fan. I've never heard of this character, but people that really follow the comics were like, okay. yeah, that's awesome. I don't even remember his name because okay. I've never heard it. But. And then after Thor, are we into the Infinity? I think we should be, yeah. I mean, I just can't think of, they're not going to do another Doctor Strange no. or Super Marvel Girl, whatever her name is. Uh, oh, Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. I don't know. I don't know. Did, I, we, I think... did they get rid of the uh, Black Panther movie? No, that's still going to happen. Oh, Spider-Man Homecoming. That's yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. So, eh, kind of cool. Finally. Yeah, I know. Ten years later, right? Yeah, I know. But, I mean, I, I think it's all going to be worth it. Oh, what, absolutely. What, 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 I, I mean, I'm super stoked about it. But what's it's going to be weird. The landscape is going to be so weird once, you know, this whole Marvel storyline that's been building up to happens. Then what? Yep. I mean, do you think that who's, really... Who's done? You know? Right. Like, and are they really going to be done? Or are they going to be like, okay, that story's done. Now here's reboots or here's right. something yeah. else. That, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't how know what they're going to do. How old is Robert Downey Jr. now? Exactly. I mean, he's he's early 50s, right? I bet she's like 52, 53. Um, yeah, he's got to be. Yep. I would say that if I had to take a guess, I'd, I'd say he's 52. Probably born April 4th, 1965. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific guess, Jacob. <laughs> oh, look at there. I was right. You got it? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> so, anyway, good flick. Yeah. I suggested him to go see it in the theater for sure. Yeah. It's uh, worth it. Yeah. Watch it in the theater. And uh, impressive that a sequel, even though I didn't like as much as the first, was this good still. Yeah. Um, always hard to do. So, this should be fun. It's been a while since our last uh, show. So this, what have we watched lately? That is a, that's a wide window of things to choose from. From the world of movies, TV, trailers, anything you want to choose. What have you been watching lately, Jacob? Uh, I'll talk about three movies. Okay. Uh, out the gate, I'll talk about Alien Covenant, which I just got through watching tonight. Because we were supposed to review it also, and neither Rachel or Brandon saw it. But that's okay. <laughs> Because uh, honestly, they didn't miss much. It was mostly just frustration. Um, I wish, I wish, I wish we could spoil this movie because I would rip it in half. I uh, wish we and could too. I love the Alien franchise. I'm only just love. I mainly love the first two movies. I like the third one quite a bit. But you know, I was kind of a dumb kid then, so it may not hold hold up very well. But I'm pretty sure I remember it's a liking whole it. lot better than this. The thing about this is just the practicality of people's decisions. That's the most infuriating thing about this movie. People will make. Like like captains make decisions without thinking about consequences to others. Like they're accountable for like a colony of people. You know, people like just going like a captain will go on a whim and do something, and it just makes no sense. Right. You know, people die and they have no reaction to it. People always get left by themselves when they know there's there's stray aliens running yeah, around. Yeah, that's so stupid. You know, some stuff comes up from Prometheus, and no one asks any questions about it. It's actually it it's almost like it was cut up too much. Like they left things out of it. Like there's mm -hmm. so many stupid decisions, plot holes. Um, I mean, I, I wish we could just talk about this. I would shred this one. See, and just the, the common sense just makes no, just doesn't work. Things that <laughs> make me more mad than anything in movies uh, are plot contrivances and conveniences. Yeah. Like th that's just lazy writing, <laughs> and it's 
hoping that your audience is too stupid to notice. And probably a lot of times it's true. I bet you a lot of, not to be stereotypical, but I bet you most of the people in your audience, the complaints you have, probably walked out and thought it was awesome because there was some some action and some aliens. Right. And some, you know. And and the most random cameo that was just served no purpose, James Franco. Yeah, I heard about this. It was so, it was served zero purpose. Really? It was so dumb. Like I like, don't get it. He he wasn't funny. He wasn't. He didn't do anything heroic. He's anything like that. Barely even in it. And unless he went to a Ridley Scott and just said, you know, hey, I want to be. I just would love to be in an Aliens movie. But I mean, maybe that's it. Or you know, he's like besties with Danny McBride, and I know Danny McBride's in it. So maybe he was just like on set one day and like, dude, you want to be in Aliens? He's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. That well, maybe it's like the same thing as like uh, was it Jeff Daniels wanting to be not Jeff Daniels. Oh, the one who plays uh, Craig Daniels. Oh, he yeah. wanted to be in Star Wars. But... Right. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool, actually. Like, you didn't think it was cool. Like, I, if that if was I the case. famous, I'd ask to be in a yeah. movie. Like, hey, I want to get killed by an alien. Yeah, like if James Franco wanted to do that, I think that's kind of cool. But the problem is you have to have an alien in your movie to do that. This one was so much about artificial intelligence uh, and the origin of man. Are you serious? kind of aliens in it. Oh, that <laughs> sucks. It, it was so disappointing. Were, were the aliens that were in it, were they the aliens that we know and love from the Alien franchise, like the Sigourney Weaver aliens, or was this like a... Did they look different? They look different. Oh. Now, the Xenomorph does finally show up, and it just wasn't enough. That sucks. Why is it getting good reviews? Like, tell know. us. I don't know. It is pretty, because Ridley Scott can direct really well. Oh, yeah. Um, that could be it. I don't know. I think it's going to start going further and further down. Yeah. Uh, right now, it was at 78 the other day. Now it's at 72. Oh, so yeah, it is um, dropping then. Yeah, Metascore on IMDb is at 66. Uh, okay. Actually, it's already dropped to 6.9 for the fans. Oh, really? So, so it I'd is dropping. i it's around yeah. a 5 or a 6. And look, you know, there's been a lot of really good movies compared to the blockbusters last year. For sure. And this doesn't make me as mad as a lot of the movies did last year. Right. So even though I'm just sitting there saying, that just doesn't make any sense. I wasn't as angry as I was like in Suicide Squad. Right. Or especially like Independence uh, Day, you know? Yeah. So it's still okay, but there's just too many times you're going to go, that's just dumb or selfish or where's the, just the common, like people's reaction to someone getting their face ripped off <laughs> it just makes no sense no one's asking any questions no one asks any questions right it's just anyway i'm done <laughs> uh all right so uh a couple other movies all right so these are a little older okay donnie darko oh. just put out like a special edition on uh itunes and i bought it you'd and seen I, it already yeah it's been about 15 years since i've seen donnie darko and of course i watched it several times back then came out in 2001 uh, Donnie Darker, I would say, is a cult film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by Richard and and written by Richard Kelly. I don't really don't know much more that he has done. Honestly, looking at his resume, Domino, The Box, it looks like he was just kind of a one hit wonder. Yeah. Um, that movie holds up so well. Have you have you all seen it anytime? No, I haven't not seen recently. it recently. Okay, I seen it recently. One, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jenna Malone look so young. Do they? I'm sure. Like babies in I it. mean, nobody even knew Jake but Gyllenhaal then. I remember then. the time thinking like, like you know, they look like, you know, my age because right. I was 21 then. Um, and this was Jake how many Gyllenhaal years is so good at being weird, huh? I said, and this is you were 21 then. How many years ago was this? 15 years ago. 
Man, you're old, they watch dude. it slick. Don't <laughs> <laughs> <You> go there. <laughs> I was hoping if I did the math, like maybe I'd caught you in a lie this whole time. You're older than me, and, yeah. and nope. I was about to catch you in nope, a lie. Still not. Dang it. Uh, but I mean, I think that movie holds up so well. Just so strange out there. Like some of the special effects, that's kind of kind of off. But like just the creepiness of the bunny. Um, the bunny is super creepy. Yeah. I mean, incredibly creepy. And the first time I watched it, you know, it's such a weird, strange movie. The first time I watched it's it, it's in really... the eighties, of course. So it's got great music to it. Too. Yeah, the the music is awesome. But my main takeaway the first time I watched it was just like that was a really creepy bunny. I don't know what the crap I just watched. <laughs> that was a really creepy bunny. Of course, I watched it. I watched it again, and I liked it a lot on my second viewing. But I probably haven't watched it in ten years. Man, it's it's it still holds up really well. The other movie I want to talk about is Zodiac. Um, which is directed by David Fincher, came out in 2007. Zodiac was awesome. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal again, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo. And um, there's a lot of other actors in this too you know, that we recognize throughout the years. Second time I've seen this movie, I think the first time I watched it was probably two years ago. And uh, wow, this is just a creepy movie. Oh, it's it incredibly is, creepy. Sure. It's, it's one of those that you feel like could have turned into Silence of the Lambs, but yeah. it's just completely leveled off because you know, it's based on true events and... It's kind of a an unsolved mystery, right? Unfortunately, and, so it's a little anticlimactic, right? Yeah, but it also the creepiness is that oh, well, this is a real person. This, you know, actually happened. This the actually happened. These kind yeah. of people exist. Yeah. So it's the reality of this movie that still I think strikes at home. And you know, some people say that this is Fincher's best movie. I've heard a lot of critics say that. You know, I I don't agree. I think that Social Network. I think that Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, I would say. I say seven's good, but it's just so raw. I love seven. Honestly, seven seven's probably my, my favorite. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Like everyone yeah. has their, yeah. their movies, but uh, an alien three. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Zodiac certainly. Um, it's a great, a, great, great movie. Film. If you haven't watched, I think it's kind of a sleeper movie or a forgotten movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, falls on the radar for sure. Check it out. It's, it's a good thriller for sure. Yeah. No, that's a good choice. I haven't, I've only watched it once. It was in the theater. So it's been, 10 years now. Man, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's creepy. Yeah. That's a good choice. Rachel, what have you watched lately? I'm going to, it's mostly TV. I'm going to run through everything really fast. The only two movies that I watched are older, not older, but like you guys have both seen them and yeah, kind of talked about them. We're only going in like 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, <laughs> I watched the founder. Hey, the overall thoughts is that uh, Ray Kroc did you see it yet yeah I watched it in the theater yeah Yeah. Yeah. Ray Kroc's a dick yes oh yeah Um, right (laughs) I mean he's basically the Mark Zuckerberg of the fast food world and this is why I hate business I know that's how it works but to me it should be illegal like that should be illegal to do that to people and then to open your 100th location right across the street like 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 what like Like, how dare you I was so (laughs) mad for them yeah well, and it doesn't just make leave any sense. alone. I know. Like, you're you're a you freaking billionaire because right. of these dudes that you took advantage of. And then you're going to, like, kick them while they're down. Yes. Like, like you've already you won. Why do that? It's insane. There's no point other than you're a dick of a human being. It, like, made me want to stop going to McDonald's. Not that you wanted to go a lot anyways. Yeah, because true. he ruined their name. He did. But what, like, made me more angry for them is he took their entire life story. Like, when they asked how yes. it started, he's like, in 1954, it's like, that's not your life. You can't tell the yeah. story yeah it's like, insane anyway, so, so so here's my question was it a good movie i good yes great no 
I, and it was interesting. But I thought like the acting was good. The script is pretty good. I think it's really good, um, but it's so infuriating. It's, it makes you not want to say it's a good movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's odd because <laughs> you're right. All the elements. Are, it's a fascinating story. Everybody knows and loves McDonald's or, you know, has a. I shouldn't say everybody loves McDonald's. Everybody, everybody one point knows loves McDonald's. McDonald's. Everybody knows McDonald's. There you go. Uh, anyone who the, what's Jim Gaffigan say? Anyone who who eats there doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know why it wasn't altogether great. Like it was good, and I enjoyed the movie. But you might be right. It might just because just it makes you so mad because the acting was so good. But the main mm-hmm. character, you're, you get so pissed at him you don't even want to watch him anymore you should, did you read some trivia on the uh, afterwards i did i like went deep dive into it yeah did you realize that his wife she just gave away like billions of dollars to the salvation army after that well yeah, that was things. at the end of yeah. the credits so that the, i was like well good oh that's right yeah, that's <laughs> yeah he, he went deep dive and research <laughs> he stuck around for the credits 20 seconds after <laughs> the movie See, she seemed like she was kind of off too though right of course, she did this is me watching the movie right. and taking it away right. from that we right. have to remember that but Man, I mean, he's probably a really nice guy, Rich. No, sure. no, I don't care. <laughs> Screw that guy. No. Um, I also watched Get Out, which we talked about like a lot, but it was good. Like even after all the hype, didn't you I see it in the good. theater though? Did I see it in the theater? Yeah, I think this is your second time to see it. No, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, but I think you did too. Be whatever. Okay, cool. <laughs> I remember two different occasions it came up before I brought it up. Oh, did you see it in the theater? Did I? Did you just rewatch it? Are you losing your mind? There's a good chance, but it's still good. I guess. <laughs> yes, I it is. Okay, so <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't remember. But ask Brandon how many times I ask him. I've seen the same movie. I'm like, did I see that? Um, and the rest of them are TV shows. So Handmaiden's Tale, which is a Hulu original, it's based off of a book. Everybody's freaking out about. Everybody's it. Everybody's freaking I out about watched it. it. Definitely overhyped. Hundred percent overhyped. I'm not sure they like it, but I do keep still, I'm still watching it. What's it about? It is about, um, something has happened with the government. There's like been this weird takeover. Basically they're use. there's been some sort of curse where only a few people can have babies. So if you can have babies, then you're basically considered a womb. And so the higher ups, um, whose wives are barren, like none of this is considered the man's fault. It's all considered the woman's fault. So if they can't have kids, it's considered the woman's fault. So they use these, like that. these people who have had babies before. <laughs> they're basically wombs. So they like weirdly have sex with the husband and wife, and like the they have it with the sex with the husband and wife. The wife sits there and like it's keep weird, talking. It's I'm weird. Getting more like, and more interested the more you talk. It's it's just weird. So the way they have sex, like the husband's doing the surrogate mom, and then the wife has her legs open, and the surrogate mom's head is between her legs. So it's like. He's putting it into the wife's womb. It's all so weird. It's all I gotta so be creepy. honest. This is the first time I've been aroused doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is not sexy at all. It is really terrible. So basically, if you do get pregnant, they treat you great, and then they take your kid away from you and treat you like trash after that. Because all they're using you for is to carry the bit. Like it's not considered your child. You are having these other people's child. It's just somehow in you. So it's like post-apocalyptic or science it's like sci-fi? A po- it's like or, a post-apocalyptic okay. thing. Or they saying uh, it's a curse, like a supernatural thing or like a virus type I, thing. I just keep thinking children know. of men for some reason. I, they haven't really clarified what this is. Children uh, so men, good call. It is very children men. It's not like, like you yeah. said, like, like kind of like the extreme opposite. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so uh, and Elizabeth Moss is the, Elizabeth Moss the main is character. Oh, I like her. Um, 
It's interesting. I wouldn't say that I love it. I think it is extremely overhyped, but it's because there's a lot of political, like, uh, and everybody's like, it's Trump's future America, uh, and all, which is just, I think all that's absurd. But just looking at it itself, I want to see where it goes. But if it goes on, I don't, I don't know that it'll hold my interest okay. forever. But right now I am still interested in it. Um, Trial and Error which is on NBC, is a really good show. It's based off of a true murder that happened. I love this show. I, I don't want to give any details. you too? Yeah, I've I don't want to give too. any details, yeah. but it is based on a true crime thing that happened, which Brandon and I knew about, so we picked it up, picked up on it really early. But if you watch it, you had no idea this was a thing, then look up what it's based on. It's kind of fascinating, and it was legitimately funny. It had John Lithgow in it. What happens at the end? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... And they have Whom been Jacob re- has seen in real life recently. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's been renewed for a second season, but you should check out Trial and Error. Yes, I give Here. the major approval thumbs up. It's a really funny show that's a spoof of a real life murder right. case. Um, Master of None has a second season out on Netflix, and it is very good. If Did you, you like, watch all of it? Yes. If you liked the first season, you will like the second season. Because you liked up. the first season a lot, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. Still good. I've only seen one episode. Um, it's really good. I think I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I definitely recommend Master of None. Uh, the Good Place is also on NBC. It's made by Michael Schur, the same guy that did um, The Office and Parks and Rec. Um, he also played Moe's on The Office. The Good Place. But Someone was talking about that the other day. It's got Ted Danson and Kristen Bell in it. That's right. And it was you. It's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were talking about it. Um, but basically, it's like a, they're living in The Good Nothing Place. Nothing professionals here. <laughs> Uh, Kristen Bell's in The Good Place, which is basically heaven, and there's things going on with that. But it's a pretty good comedy if you're looking for a comedy in the downtime. Um, I want to bring up The Keepers, which is on Netflix. It's a new documentary series. They're hyping it like because Netflix brought you Making a Murder and some something else. Uh, but they're like hyping it up as their new like true crime thing. And it is interesting. It's about a nun that was murdered in the 60s. Um, and it is interesting, but it's nothing like Making a Murderer. Basically, I, I believe these investigators have figured out who did it, but it's basically a cover-up from the church. So, sorry, Catholics, this doesn't go well for you. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a story that needs to be told, and it is pretty interesting and really upsetting. So I do think it's worth the watch. Just don't go in expecting, like, every time there's going to be an amazing turn right before, like, oh, it didn't keep me as engaged as Making a Murder because there weren't those cliffhanger moments. Well, and you, you expect that now because we've been kind of conditioned right. to that between Making a Murder, The Jinx, The Staircase, right. all these true exactly. crime uh, series are that way. They're so talking about is... a murder that happened in the 60s. Most of the suspects are already dead. Oh, um, yeah. Most of the people that are accused of things already dead. We're looking at it along. So that takes away some of the like, oh, these people have got to pay. Well, there's only likely one person that's left that was directly connected to it that's still alive. Um, And so it's not a lot of that. But it absolutely needs to be told. And it's interesting. Um, And very, very last thing on HBO, they released a true. I guess it's it's true crime documentary called Mommy Dead and Dearest. And it's about watch me butcher this word. A kid that has Munchausen syndrome. How do you Munchausen. say it? There you go. Munchausen syndrome. Do you know what that so, is? So um, the mom. Nope. It's the basically m- when uh, you think you have a lot of diseases or things wrong with you. and But this one is Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which means that like if I'm your caretaker – I'm your mom. Let's say I'm your dad instead of that your mom. That makes more sense. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Which I like could ra- actually, you know, 
be true. We have uh, age difference between <laughs> us. <laughs> I should not have done this. Uh, <laughs> I've walked right into that. <laughs> but it was like if I made you believe that you had leukemia and mental retardation and uh, muscular dystrophy. Yeah, basically, this is the story, except for this mom made her child believe that. she She had told her that she was sick with all these things from three months into her birth. She started saying that she had issues and basically managed to fool doctors and everyone. So it's really interesting and really sad. Um, but a, it's a well-made documentary. It's on HBO. You can watch it now. Okay, that's it. That's all my things. I want to spin off of your TV shows real quick because I have been watching The Leftovers. I finally got to season three. I've been watching it. I know that you both stopped. You stopped too, right? Yeah, I yeah. stopped too, yeah. Because the first season is slow. but it's so slow. It is such an interesting show. It's so That's what weird. I've, and I've heard that season two is just fantastic. Is season two as good as I hear? Like, I don't think it's fantastic. It's just you can't... When I say you can't quit watching, it's not like, you know, 24 or Breaking Bad where every episode's a cliffhanger. It's just so bizarre and out there. You do want to see what happens next. Okay. But it, like... Maybe I'll you give certainly, it another I don't think you can binge watch this show. Okay. No. And, yeah. and, and I don't think I, yeah, it, it's just more entertaining to watch it kind of space out a little okay. bit and you can kind of, uh, you know, uh, ingest most of it. Right. Ingest? Digest. Yeah. Digest. Yeah. <laughs> Wordsmith. Um, but it's very good. Season three is good so far. Uh, they do kind of recycle a couple of things that get a little bit old, but other than that, like the main characters are um, very good. And actually, it's very, very well acted. I expect it to start... You know, it's been picking up steam, I think, over the last year or two. It has. And it, I hear more people talking about yeah, it. There I, are definitely a couple people who deserve to get nominated for Emmys in this show. Like Justin Throw and then his... His... Daughter? It's, no. his, it's his wife. His love girlfriend. affair. His yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend. The one that had lost, like, her whole family. Yeah. Uh, she... In fact, her in particular is who I would point out yeah she's uh, really good season oh uh, in the third season you especially. know what's funny is that you know, she's in something i just saw or that just came out yeah she, she's, she's in the she's um, awesome the gone girl she's she's the twin sister of uh what's oh his name? i didn't realize that me neither i was thinking somebody uh she's just in something else though but i didn't realize that was her her name is carrie coon and uh, i think she's coming on as an actress could it maybe be fargo Fargo. Fargo. Fargo, okay. yes. Fargo. Fargo season three. She's a main character okay. along with you, McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winstead at Fargo season three. She yeah. is very good in this show and she's good in all the seasons, but I think it's really kind of standing out this third season. Justin Thoreau's great. And I actually right. have never really seen him in anything else except for that one movie um, where he's kind of the hippie smoke um, with Jennifer Aniston yes. and Paul Rudd. Uh, hold on. It's, uh, it starts with an L. Wonderlust. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Starts, starts with an L. L. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I guess <laughs> in my head it was just lust. I didn't. <laughs> that's the only thing I know him from. La Wonderlust. <laughs> very good in this. Yeah. I would say he was more interesting in the second season so far. Check it out. Get through that first season, but it's it's definitely it's definitely very good. I I may give it another shot. Then people were kind of worried that it might be a little sacrilegious, and it pushes the envelope a little bit, but. It hasn't really offended me. I just think it's more so just fascinating. Tell me this. This is all I want to know. I know you're, this is the last season, and it's, you know, you're, I don't know how many episodes into it. But, like three, maybe. Okay. Have they explained it all or given a hint that they're going to explain what happened, why everybody disappeared? Not yet. Ah. <sighs> 
Wow. Let me know if they do. Well, if they, they do, they then they I, I'll be a, more motivated to watch it if they will explain that. Well, they did just set a, a really interesting angle with Justin Thoreau's character. Okay. And um, it kind of religious angle. It's interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool. Interesting. It, it, I'll tell you, some stuff happens to him at the end of the second season that they kind of are starting to now <laughs> a, a talk about in the third. It's it's pretty cool. There's an episode called The, um, oh, the Assassin, I believe, in the mm-hmm. second season. It's really good. Okay. I'll give it another shot, maybe. Keep me updated <laughs> on things. That sounds so promising. Let me know I, if they explain it's like, what It's happened. like I hear people like Jacob talk about it, and like they sell me on it pretty well, and then I remember how freaking slow it was. It's slow. <laughs> International Assassin was that episode. It's episode eight, but you're right. It, it was it's so kind of a grind in the first It is. Season. It is. But if they explain things, I, I may be more motivated eventually. I think they make it more complicated. Oh, really. great. I'm out. <laughs> Never mind. Forget everything I said. No, I'm not watching that. Watch it. <laughs> uh, I have a few things to talk about. I want to talk about this movie because I feel like this movie got the shaft from critics. And as a result, it's getting the shaft from audiences. The new King Arthur Legend of the Sword movie, It's it's gotten terrible reviews. Full disclosure. Uh, Is this McGee? Who directed this again? Say what? Who directed this again? Uh, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, Guy Same Ritchie thing. did it. And and I I know why people will have an issue with it. Of course, it stars Charlie Hunnam of uh, Sons of Anarchy. It's got Jude Law, Digimon Hunsu, and Eric Bana, Aiden Gillen from Game of Thrones and The Wire. So the cast is really solid. And of course, Guy Ritchie uh, of Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels fame directed it. I know why people have an issue with it because it's very much a stylized Guy Ritchie take on King Arthur. So you're taking this just like he did with Sherlock Holmes. Yes, it's like a historical fit, and and it's, I I guess I'm going to be hypocritical here because I didn't like it in Sherlock Holmes, but I feel like I didn't like it because they changed the character of Sherlock Holmes was my main issue. They Agreed. made him an action movie star. I'm like, this is not. He's super intelligent and smart, but you turn him into. Jason Bourne, like it <laughs> killed me. Yeah. But but with this, he does do a stylized uh, way of filming and all that. But to me, it kind of made what a, a story that we've seen a lot of times and and a genre we've seen a lot. This historical fiction, uh, and made it kind of more entertaining to me. Mm. At least I thought it was more fun. It was like a fun poppy version of King Arthur, which probably a lot of peers hate. But I'm not really super attached to King Arthur. I have no, so I'm like, oh, that was fun. I like that story, yeah. so I'll probably hate it. You probably will mm-hmm. then. See, mm-hmm. if you if you're attached to the story, um, you, I bet you anything, you'll you would rip this to shreds. But to me, I'm like, ah, eh, they made it a little more fun. I'm okay with that. I think it's more so the period pieces I like, you know. Right. Oh, and it's it, and and it has the look of a period piece. But I mean, like the way they talk and the way they act and right. and the way it's shot. It, like the quick cuts and like he'll be telling a story. It's a very guy rich style. You know, it's quick cuts. He'll be telling a story and he'll flash back to here, then like a punchline here, and then just quick like MTV style or whatever. Um, I enjoyed it. I just want to give a little MTV shout out. style. But I hadn't thought about that in a long time. I know. <laughs> to me, that's still in my head when I think of quick quick cuts. I think of MTV style. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quickly. I watched Trolls. All I'm going to say is that movie is adorable. It my, is my adorable. My sister's kids love that movie. My, the, that's funny you said The whole reason I watched it, my niece, it is her favorite movie of all time. She is obsessed with it. 
and she sang a song from it at her talent show, and she always wants to talk to me about it, and I feel terrible because I can't talk about it with her. So I finally watched it so I could talk to her about it. And I was like, this movie is freaking adorable. And That's all I want to like say about it. Deal with like some weird elements, like some characters eating <laughs> trolls. Bro. Yeah, it's, my, yeah, my, yeah. My, my it's mom was explaining it to me, and I'm yeah. just like, that sounds awful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I as I watched it, I was like, that what? What? This is a right. kids movie, and they're. And I thought maybe they were going to kind of sugarcoat the eating trolls part. No, no, they straight up graphically talk about how they will eat them and kill them. Is that a form of cannibalism, even though that they're not troll <laughs> characters? Uh, I mean, they are living. I don't know. I don't know enough <laughs> about the troll world, but but I mean, they're both like living human-ish quality characters. Yeah, it was weird. That, it was that weird. part of it was like, this is this is a freaking horror movie if you think about it for a second. Yeah. But those trolls are so dang they cute and likable. They're like the sweetest. They're like... There's like a Care Bears quality about them almost. They're really, really sweet. Have we talked about Lost City of Z yet? Did we talk about it on the last podcast? I don't think we did. No. Oh, I don't know anything about it and I know that y'all went and saw it. We did? We were... He did. Uh, was yeah, I was on my way to see it that night, and oh, I know exactly what it was. We got there and we realized it was like two and a half hours long, and we were like going to the ten o'clock showing, oh. so it was going to last okay. too long. So I saw something else instead. So you never because, saw it. So I never saw it with Charlie Hunnam. So because it's got Charlie Hunnam in it. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. And I like Charlie Hunnam a lot, and the, honestly, that's why I want to watch. Really, I like. Okay. I like him a lot. Do, Do I think you? he's a great actor? No, but I like because I'm a Sons of Anarchy fan. How about you, Rachel? Yeah, I think I was with you. Was I with you? Was it you or was no, it with Missy? Been like, Did you I get like all Charlie my. Hunnam? I get oh, all my. Do I like women Charlie confused. Hunnam? I do like Charlie. Yeah, I know Hunnam. why you like Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know that's why, not why I like Charlie? I Hunnam? don't know. That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I ended up seeing something else that night because. Oh well. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, movie-wise, actually, this isn't even a movie, is the new Louis C.K. stand-up special. It's Louis C.K. Yeah, 2007. That. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was good. He, I, and I think Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is funny. I think his TV show can be, can be brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's a very good writer. Uh, he just kind of got a little too grotesque for me in this one. He got a little too grotesque. He got a little more political than he normally does. Well, I shouldn't I say political. <laughs> I mean, he started off with the whole abortion thing, right? And then he went right into re- religion. And I hadn't really seen him from what I'd seen. I think he's really funny too, like mm-hmm. really funny. I actually think he's a little overrated just because people think he's like the number one guy right now, like the best of this generation. I do think he's very good, but I don't know about that. But I enjoyed this. But I actually thought it got better as it went. I thought it started off a little rough with the whole abortion religious stuff. However, but, I have to say, in defense of Louis C.K., he is pretty fair about his stuff. He is. No, 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 he um, is. I'm with Rach. He okay. is fair. He he looks at it from all sides. He does. I feel. So. He does. I just don't like. I just don't typically get into political religious humor, right. no matter what. Like fair or not fair, you agree with my right, right. views. Don't agree, agree with my views. I just don't typically get into it. But when he got into the like the whole nine eleven deniers and watching Magic Mike <laughs> on cable and all that stuff, like the the kind of like uh, stuff that you can relate to. I mean, to me, that's where he really yeah. is at his best. Uh, so I think it was really good, and I laughed a lot, like really hard. But then you compare it to like the Chappelle's. Uh, new specials, and to me, they don't hold a candle to the Chappelle specials. But I still thought that it was really funny. And last thing I want to talk about: there's a a trailer that released 
this morning. Have you guys heard of the movie Wonder? No. It's with Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson and Jacob Tremblay from Room. I saw a picture of it on IMDb, but I just flicked past it pretty quickly. Okay, apparently my my sister, who's a teacher, she she's a second grade teacher. She reads this book, Wonder, to her kids every year because it's very anti-bullying and like accepting. It's a story about a little boy who's disfigured. He's like he's had a lot of surgeries done to his face and things like that because of medical issues. And he just looks, I mean, for lack of a better uh, analogy, it looks kind of like the elephant man, uh, basically. And so, you know, kids, of course, make fun of him and bully him and things like that. But it's a really heartwarming story, my sister says, and it's very anti-bullying and that type of thing. She reads it every year and, like, the kids love it. And anyways, I wanted to bring it up because I watched the trailer today it's the first time I've ever teared up from a trailer. And I don't know if it's because like I'm about to become a dad or I'm just getting older or or if the trailer was just it's like I want other people to watch it to see if it was just me or if it is really moving and touching. I've never like got a little misty eyed watching a trailer and I got you guys are both looking like I'm basically a big pussy. No, just, yeah. <laughs> You're both like yeah. very judgy eyes we didn't right need now. To know that, bro. <laughs> very judgy eyes. I'm getting from both. You're both like. I just keep thinking of like the Dumb and Dumber scene where they're watching the the, the insurance commercial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's basically that. So yeah, uh, just watch the the uh, Wonder trailer because. I just want to know if, if you I need a have... good cry yeah. and you don't want to watch all of Marley and me, yeah. just go watch the Wonder yeah, trailer. You, you can get a good cry in like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the last thing I wanted to bring up. I know that next week, the new Pirates movie is coming out this weekend. Next weekend, the new Wonder Woman movie is coming out. We have Spider-Man Homecoming on the way. Baywatch. Baywatch, dude. <laughs> Fist pump over Bay- Baywatch. Boom. Yeah. And it's twenty percent reviews. I don't even care. Little Zac Efron. That's that's. <laughs> yes, that was for Zac Efron. Just to be clear. And the Rock. <laughs> really, those guys are funny. Yeah, that's exactly why I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I know that there's a lot of big summer movies coming out, and uh, we're going to start being more regular here at Pulp Fiction about getting episodes out. We just had a lot going on in our personal lives, but we will be back on it with all these upcoming summer, summer movies. Anything you guys would like to leave the show with? Mm-mm. No. No. Nope. We're good. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week here at Pulp Fliction. <laughs>